What's up, everyone? Welcome into an All-22 Daily. I'm Chris Lombardi, and I'm joined by Ray Cotto. Uh, we really don't talk about receivers enough in this game, uh, in this podcast, and they're the third most valuable position in All-22, so I think they deserve a little bit of respect. So today I wanted to kick off those conversations with a group of receivers in this class that have a really diverse skill set. So, um, Ray, I started yesterday. Why don't you kick off today's discussion? Yeah, um, I'm excited to talk about this one. Um, we've gone through a lot of different offensive positions so far in this draft class and the juices really get flowing when you start talking about receiver. Cause I am excited about the depth of this receiver class. Uh, and part of that is Jackson Smith in Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio state. Uh, so he's six feet and five eighths, 196 pounds. Uh, but his money makers, if you will, really come from the agility drills and the broad jump. So he has a 10 foot, five inch broad jump a three cone uh, time of 6.57 and a 20 yard shuttle time of 3.93. Both the three cone and the shuttle are above the 95th percentile for all wide receivers. Uh, so just goes to show you the sort of shiftiness, change of direction, agility that uh, Njigba brings to the table. And when you watch Jackson Smith and Jigba, he does so many little things right. And that's the first thing that jumps out at you, which is funny because those are normally the things that don't jump out at you when you watch a player, right? He's just a fantastic route runner with a great feel for the game. He is just very natural against zone coverage. He knows exactly when to gear it down and to, and to put some pep in it and, and just find those windows and uh, those natural creases in the zone to give himself or to give his quarterback a good target to throw to. He finds the blind spot of defenders just so naturally. It's it's really a, a just a joy to watch. Uh, and so he's just a natural at all those little things that really add up and frustrate you if you're the opposing defense. And it's one of those deals where like the best way to describe him is on third down, he will run a route and 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 get open in a small window, catch the ball. And if you have, if it's in between two zones and you have a safety crashing down, it's one of those deals where you just want to like, just really give him a solid shot to the chest and he just won't let you do it. He's just that like natural, annoying player to go up against. So You're giving him a shot in the chest. Is that what you said? Yeah. If, 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 if you're, if you're facing Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and you're on defense, he's going to make a play that frustrates you on like third and six. And you're so you're saying mad. you do like you want to give him a shot in the chest. I would. I mean, he went to Ohio State. Like, I'd freaking bring it. Um, oh shoot. <laughs> uh, yeah, but wide receiver is really a simple position when you get down to it. We could talk about you know uh, gearing up and changing down your routes and 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 different speeds and and different release techniques and and all that good stuff, right? But really, it's a simple position. It's sell deep route or get the defender to where you need him to be to run your route and then make your break. And Jackson Smith and Jigba does this so well. And instead of zero to 60 acceleration, like a lot of people focus on, and Smith and Jigba is fine there, right? He's perfectly fine acceleration wise. There's, there's no issues there on tape. He goes from 60 to zero better than anybody I've watched in years. And that is sort of his secret weapon when it comes to getting open. He just has this violent snap in his hips to actually stop on a dime. You hear that term a lot, but most receivers don't actually do that. No, Smith and Jigba does that. His, just, his hips are just so violent. He truly does go from 60 to zero in a split second. 
And that's how we create so much separation on comebacks and 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 ins and and quick routes. He's just so good at that. It's a joy to watch. Uh, he's got natural hands, had a few focus drops on film, but nothing that really uh, concerned me. They really seem to be focus drops, not necessarily an issue of not having natural hands like we talked about with some of the tight ends in this class. So my real concern with him is just the injury concern. We're talking about a soft tissue hamstring injury that essentially kept him out for the entire 2022 season. So what does that look like long-term? Is that an issue going forward at all? Or is it totally behind him and it's not something that sort of creeps up again throughout his career? Because soft tissue injuries can be tricky. But from a strictly on-field standpoint, I love everything about Njigba's game. And it's sort of a throwback mold from the typical, oh, this receiver's big, he's fast, and he has good hands and gets open. Smith and Jigba, he's fine. There's no real concerns about athleticism that are apparent on film outside of he doesn't have great uh, you know, long speed, if you will. But he's just a throwback in the style that he plays with and, and how he gets open. It's almost like a thought experiment to me because it's not my typical wide receiver profile that I like. But the more I watched him, I was like, I, I, I can't hate on the game. I, I like watching him play, and it's easy to see how he gets open all the time and how it translates to the league. Sure. I, I hate hamstring uh, injuries on wide receivers. It's like I've been struck so many times uh, drafting a receiver, and then they show up to camp, and they have a hamstring injury, and they end up missing half the rookie season. So that's definitely concerning to me. Uh, and I, I hear the talk with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and him. You hear everybody trying to like compare them and saying that he's the best of the three. I released my rankings. I have him right behind those guys. I don't see like a huge difference, but I do think those guys had a little bit more to their game than he does. Um, but I'm curious, like where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, it's interesting. It's so tough to stack those guys because, A, there's no matter what you say, there's always a little bit of – of hindsight being 2020 there because we have seen Olave and Wilson be successful. But the best way I can describe it is that both of those guys are like power pitchers. Uh, Those guys being Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in that they have the athleticism. Garrett Wilson can jump out of the gym. He's so acrobatic. Chris Olave has got the speed and creates separation that way. And Smith and Jig was basically the other end of the spectrum where he wins by by decelerating better than anybody else instead of accelerating better than anybody else. So yeah, it's like in baseball, you have a three game series against the team and they throw out two guys that are throwing 98 mile an hour fastballs. And then the third game of the series in comes like a knuckleball pitcher that throws like a 12, six curve or something. It's just a total throwback and not what you're used to, but just as effective. I think if I had to rank them and trying to stay strictly just sort of pre-draft impressions, I would probably have, Wilson one, Olave two, and Njigba three uh, as well. But it's very close. And that might just be because I'm not used to someone like Smith and Jigba's style. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you have to take it to account. I mean, those guys at Ohio State, right? Brian Hartline and that staff at Ohio State, and even Wilson and Olave, they all to a man tell you, Njigba was the number one guy in that room and they were all there. And that has to count for something. And normally I just miss that stuff, right? It's a lot of times it's like, oh, it's just guys being good teammates, but I'm not so sure that's the case here. It might, it might really be legit. And it could just be a case of, we forgot how good this guy actually is because we really didn't get to see him in 2022. Yeah. I, I love the, um, 
love the Ohio State receiving core, right? It's just you're always going to get a good receiver out of there, even if they're not like one of the top guys. Like you even see guys like Paris Johnson um, in years. Paris Johnson? Ever not Paris. No. <laughs> We're Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell. <laughs> Sometimes leave it, leave guy, it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. So, who cares? Sometimes you see a guy like Paris Campbell come out who's – you know, maybe doesn't have the college career that the guy, th- these more recent guys had, but he ends up being a second round rec- receiver um, because teams just value that, right? Like these guys are special. They're really well coached. And I think Jigba is just another one that he's going to be like a really plus route runner immediately when he gets to the NFL, something that will separate him from other guys. But the other guy we wanted to talk about was Jordan Addison, and I'll start that off. And I'm being a little lazy doing this just because I wrote about him. So I'm like being a little lazy, but you know what? I'll uh, I'll expand on some of the things I wrote. But he's 21 years old, right? Coming out of USC, uh, he transferred from Pitt, and he had so much luxury with the QBs that he had in his college career, right? So he played with Kenny Pickett for two years at Pittsburgh. Uh, while with Pickett, he had you know a lot of success. He had 100 receptions as a sophomore. Um, but he had 11 drops, which is concerning to me. Uh, 88.6 receiving grade, played mostly from the slot while it pit, 385 snaps in the slot versus 180 out wide. But then Pickett leaves, right? And what does Addison do? He also leaves. He goes to USC, and he teams up with future number one overall pick, Caleb Williams. So couldn't be any easier for him <laughs> kind of from that perspective, but still what Addison did was special. He did struggle with injuries, but he uh, led the teams in yards and touchdowns, 875 yards, eight touchdowns, and, an, uh, and a respectable 81.5 PFF grade. Uh, and, and there was some change, right? There was some change in what he did. He played outside primarily at USC, 253 snaps out wide for 77 in the slot. And that's a differentiator that he has from Njigba. Njigba played almost primarily from the slot. He has very little experience uh, out wide. And besides that, on his career, Njigba had only 133 career targets, right? And I said uh, Addison had 100 receptions as a sophomore. So just the, the amount of experience that Addison has, uh, the amount of versatility maybe that he offers, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be attractive to some teams. Uh, but injuries, right? Those are going to be a concern, right? He did deal with injuries, uh, something I worry about, especially because he's a 5'11", 173 pound receiver. So he is historically small, right? For context, guys like Devonta Smith, those that's the size of guy that he is. Um, but I'll, you know, but Smith had a great career, right? He, he won an award. What award was that, right? That he won? Oh, your favorite word, Boletnikov. <laughs> Boletnikov. I, I don't even know if I said it right that time, but yeah, he won that award. And uh, here comes Addison the next year winning it as well, right? So similar kind of game. But I will say that Smith really was a special route runner at maybe maybe another level, and he was way more sure-handed than a guy like Addison is. But my favorite part of Addison's game is really his separation skills. When you watch the film, you're seeing five yards of separation almost on every reception he had. So again, for context, uh, 310 targets on his career, and only 49 of those was contested, and he caught 24 of them, which is a pretty good rate. But a guy like Quentin Johnston, who's in this draft as well, had 199 targets and 54 of them were contested. So that's 25% of his versus uh, verse Addison. So very different, right? This guy is getting open. That's not going to be a concern that you have like you will have with a guy like Johnston. Um, 
yeah, but you know, he's a guy I really like. So if you if you've been watching his film, like I said about Michael Mayer yesterday, he's a guy that's just a really good football player. Like when you watch the film, he separates himself from everybody else he's watching, which is some of the top talent at the college level because he's just a good football player. And uh, similar to what you said about Jigba, Addison has a similar thing, right? He's not the fastest guy when it comes to 40 times, but that's not a concern to me. Some of the best receivers in the NFL today, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, they weren't first round picks and they're having amazing careers. Adams, maybe even a hall of fame career, right? Those guys were not 40 time track stars, right? So there is success. There is a path to success for a guy like Addison and a guy like Njigba. Yeah, uh, totally agreed. And the thing about Addison that makes you a little more comfortable with his testing numbers, if you will, which by the way, aren't bad. They're just not as good as you might've thought by watching him on tape is that he plays fast, right? There is pep in his step. There's spring in his legs. You see quick separation and then the ability to stack the corner on a deep route and keep that separation downfield. So the concern there, if you're talking strictly on the field, is just, okay, well, he didn't measure in very, very big, right? Very good size-wise. But okay, but the league these days kind of makes that a little easier than maybe if if this was you know 2003 instead of 2023. So uh, he jumps off the screen at times, which you always like to see. Um, I think his game just translates very well to the way the league is played today. And so the concerns that I might have are basically kind of what I said about Njigba, right, is what you mentioned is just the injuries. How does that affect him? He was kind of always in and out with these, these nagging injuries. And so is that something that's going to persist? Was it a one-time thing? Was it someone who had one foot out the door because, you know, the he's he's looking at NFL money and USC wasn't, uh, you know, playing for a national championship really? I, I don't know. Um, that stuff that really gets determined at the combine and during the pre-draft process that we don't necessarily have insight into. Um, but from a strictly on-field perspective, I don't have very many concerns with the listed weaknesses, if you will, in Addison's game. Right. And and, and I think it's really going to come down to is whether you like a guy with yak or not. Right. So I don't think Addison or Njigba is that guy. He's, th- those aren't guys that you should be getting the ball to and hoping they, they break a few tackles for a 40 yard touchdown. That's just not going to be part of their game where a guy like Zay flowers that's coming out. That's, that's exactly his game, right. Or Quentin Johnston where he's either getting a Hail Mary or he's getting a screen pass, right. It's like there, there is that other aspect, right. Earlier we said, this is a diverse group of receivers and there is a lot of diversity. So it's really just like, what's your flavor, right? What, what does your team need? What's going to complement your team? Um, but with that in mind, I look at a guy like Addison and I say, he is a really good fit for the Packers since they have a Christian Watson, a guy that they're going to do that with, that yak ability. They need a route runner. And I was curious, is there any other team that you kind of see as a good fit for these two guys? Because they both have that. They're both great runner, route runners, but maybe they're lacking a little bit of that yak. Yeah, so people might hear these teams and think they're picking too high. but And I would agree. I think it's more so if, if there's a trade-down scenario, but... The Cardinals, they have like a deep, deep threat guy in 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 Marquise Brown, for example, right? And really the rest of that receiver core hasn't lived up to the billing. And someone like Smith and Jigba or Jordan Addison, who can be a not a possession guy, I guess maybe more so in the case of Smith and Jigba, you can call him a possession guy, but guys who uh, simply get open and move the chains and make plays, 
both of those guys can fill that type of void for a team like the Cardinals or a team like the Seahawks. Uh, DK Metcalf sort of in that same mold, right? A, just a big body receiver who can, who can go deep or break tackles and get those, you know, those yak yards. Uh, but Tyler Lockett also kind of a speed guy, but he's getting a bit up there in age. So they could use a young guy to come in into that receiving room. Like either of these two guys who can, again, just get open and make some plays and not necessarily be the deep threat guy to take the top off the defense uh, or make a bunch of guys miss uh, when it comes to yards after catch, but just be steady, good targets for their quarterbacks and and make plays that way. I think that those are two really good fits. They're obviously picking very highly in the draft. So uh, we'll see if there's any movement in the top 10, as far as trades go, given uh, the quarterbacks and some of the questions surrounding some of the top defensive guys in this class and how that all shakes out. The draft is always fun and unpredictable that way. But from a team needs perspective, I think these guys fit those teams really well. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not even maybe that they have to trade back. It could also be, did they trade back in, right? So the Cardinals probably have pick 34. So that's an easy jump if one of these guys starts to fall. And then the Seahawks have the two first round picks. So they also pick at pick 20. That's a great spot for one of these guys. Uh, I could definitely see that happening there. Um but yeah, we, we talked a little bit more than I wanted to even about Zay Flowers because maybe tomorrow we're going to be talking about him. So let's wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. You know, it's uh, it's always exciting to talk about receivers. Thank you for doing that with us. Uh, if you haven't yet, give us a review wherever you listen to the podcast and then give us a follow uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at all22 underscore PFF.